0: Church, we have been studying these last few weeks what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we've talked about how being a follower of Jesus involves being a member, being a minister, um, being a good manager of things. And today I want to talk about what it means to be a messenger, a messenger of the good news of the gospel. So would you pray with me and we will study the word together. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity Help us do something good with it. In your name we pray, amen. How many of you have ever been part of a after-the-fact conversation? An after-the-fact conversation is one of those conversations where someone shares information with you that, that would have been really helpful yesterday, right? And, and it's conversations, things like, Oh, did you know that Publix had a great deal on bananas last last week? Or there was this amazing doctor, and he knows all about your specific type of cancer, and he was here in town at the convention center last month. We live live in this world of, of endless news cycles and constantly moving social media timelines. And nowadays, even the printed word as it exists in a newspaper, do people still read those? newspaper is out of date before it even goes to print so that means that if you're going to communicate something in a way that's going to make any kind of impact it's going to take some effort on your part and that's what we're going to talk about today we already discussed that disciples are members ministers managers but disciples are also messengers they're communicators And disciples tell people about Jesus. They share the good news of salvation. And they do it regularly with with a sense of some urgency and most definitely with some intentionality. The Apostle Paul writes The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. He's writing to believers, he's writing to people that are already disciples of Jesus. And he says that is the word of faith that we proclaim because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. So the first thing that we notice here is that there's a difference for Paul between believing in Jesus in your heart and confessing your faith With your mouth. And that's why being a messenger of Jesus Christ is one of the highest forms of discipleship because sharing the good news, especially when you think about it in terms of Jesus, is something that many of us just find too challenging to even attempt. Now, we hide behind many excuses when it comes to that, and and one of the best ones is well, you know, it's my personal faith. And I, and I don't feel comfortable sharing it. It might surprise you to learn that every single one of us has a personal life outside of the church. We all have hobbies, we have interests, we have friends, we have lives. If you're a person, there's going to be things in your life that are personal to you, and you have personal preferences. So if I was to take a poll of all of us right now and ask you, where is your favorite place to eat in Bradenton, I'd probably get 40 to 50 different answers easy because every one of us has a personal preference. And if that is the case, then why wouldn't you answer, well, you know, my, my favorite restaurant is personal and, and I don't feel comfortable sharing that with with you. See, there's there's a distinction between your faith and the restaurant and that distinction is that you fear that your faith might offend somebody. So I have some great news for you. Welcome to 2018 where everything offends everybody. (laughs) There's never been a better time to share the gospel. Would you, would you not tell a vegan that your favorite restaurant is a steakhouse because you're going to offend them? Honestly, you're going to tell them anyway, and that means that you think it's easier to defend a restaurant than it is to defend your faith. Think about that. Think about that. There comes this point in life where, where you mature in how you relate to the world. Years ago, when my grandmother was in her early 80s, she's now 97, she, she said something, which turned out to be a lot of somethings, but something to the effect of that after 80-some years on the planet, she was going to say whatever it is that she was going to say no matter what. And, and what that meant is that she just reached this point in life where she was just firm. She was firm about her convictions and confident enough to articulate them out loud. But many of us are, are reluctant to share our faith because we fear being perceived as as a fanatic or judgmental or just flat out being rejected. Paul writes that the scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is the Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what this means is that in the end run, There is no shame to be found in being a follower and a voice for Jesus Christ in in, in this world. And that furthermore, we should not be ashamed to share our faith with believers and non-believers alike because we simply do not know who might have the seed of faith planted in them because of something that we dared to share. Speaking of restaurants... Have you ever found a restaurant here in town that you absolutely love? You absolutely love it. And the food is great, and the atmosphere is fantastic, and you even have met the owner. But then we get to this time of year, right? And you hesitate. You hesitate to tell people about it. And the reason you don't want them to know about it is because if you tell them about it, they might go to it. And then they might tell their friends. And then it's going to turn out to be a whole lot harder for you to get in. And that's understandable. But that's also why so many of these little restaurants go out of business. Because when you keep it to yourself and the word doesn't spread and you single-handedly cannot finance their business, they go out of business. Jesus' expansion and growth plan, it's you. You are it. You are plan A for sharing the gospel out into the world. It was never intended for you to to keep to yourself as your own little secret. There is no plan B here. And because there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, meaning there's no distinction about who is invited to become a follower of Jesus Christ, disciples... Disciples mature to a place where they share the gospel with believers and non-believers alike because there is this urgency to the saving word and work of God. Now, what does that sharing of the gospel look like? I think that's, that's where we end up in some murky water. Because for some, it does mean standing on the street corners and knocking on doors, and for some of us, it takes the form of preaching. But for most of us, it looks like walking. It looks like walking. How many of you have ever walked? Come on. All right. Just, just checking. All right. Walking is something that most of us do almost every single day. It's almost as natural to us as breathing. Walking is motion, and it takes us places. And so walking gives us the opportunity to interact with the world. You cannot be a messenger if you are not willing to move. See, you can scream. You can scream that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but if you do it in the confines of your own home, sitting on your own couch with no one around you, who, who exactly are you sharing that message with? But if you walk into a library, which is where I understand they archive these newspapers that we talked about earlier, and you check out a book, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity in that moment to give a message to someone. What is that message going to be? Consider that. Consider that you have a message to give every person that you come in contact with, so what is that message going to be i don 't know that, that we 're always very conscious of the messages that, that we communicate. The other day, I was meeting a friend for lunch and, and full confession here this this story relates to one of the families in our church, but I was meeting a friend for lunch in, in a restaurant and, and I approached it the same way that every person in the history of forever who was ever going to meet somebody in a restaurant approaches the entrance. I went in, and immediately I'm focused on scanning the room, trying to find out if, if she's, she's there. And I was so focused on this, and, and yet still split on my attention with the hostess who's trying to seat me, and I heard a voice say, Hi, Hope. And it was, it was just enough. It was just enough to get my attention and cause me to look directly at the person, eye contact with the person. But as soon as my brain realized, no, this is not who you are looking for, I blurted out, hi, and just walked away. Just walked away. Three minutes later, now seated, and realized that I have totally blown off this person who clearly knows me, I did backtrack, and I got up, and I went to go speak with her. Now, this was not a lengthy conversation about, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? If you die tonight, where are you going to go? None of that kind of stuff. This was a conversation that communicated the following things. Confession, repentance, reconciliation. Those are the messages that I communicated, and they are all gospel messages even if I never use the word Jesus Christ. Sometimes when we are around people that we know are not believers, we tend to be even more conscious about what we say regarding our faith. And yet I want you to understand that even if you say nothing at all, you still communicate something. You still communicate something. And it could be that, that you're ashamed of the faith. Could be that, that we're not firm enough in our faith. Could be that we don't care about the other person enough to plant the seed of faith. Could be that we don't trust God enough to work through the Holy Spirit that will allow our words to fall softly on their heart. Think about this. I want you to think about this when you send your Christmas cards this this year. And I want you to think about all the messages that that go on different Christmas cards. My family is one of those families that sends the picture, right, or the pictures. And, And that means that there's going to be some kind of saying on there. And what is that saying? Is it going to be Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Jingle All the Way, right? You're going to have an opportunity when you send out that card. And what I want you to think about when you do that is, why? Why do you personally celebrate Christmas? Is it, is it because of Jesus? Because, see, Christmas is not a winter solstice party. It's not a celebration of Santa and his elves. And so each year when we exchange Christmas cards, we have this opportunity. Could not be any easier. Could not be any easier to quite literally share the message of good news. The first time this ever became an issue for me personally was the year that we moved back down here to Florida and I was getting ready to send a card back to a friend in Pennsylvania. And I I had thought nothing of our Christmas cards until that year when I was addressing her card and it dawns on me, you know, she's Hindu. So I had this moment, this, this conversation with myself, do I? don't I? Do I need to get her and her family a, a different type of card? And then I remembered that just a few weeks before that, she had sent me a card. Happy Diwali. Diwali is the festival of lights in the Hindu tradition. Now she knew, she knew that I was a Christian when she did this. She knew that I was a pastor when she did it, but she sent it anyway. Why? because that's who she is, and that's her faith, and that's what's important to her, and she thought enough of me to share her faith with me, and she knew. She knew when she sent it. She knew when she paid the 50 cents or whatever it is it costs us to mail these things. She knew that she wasn't going to convert me but she also knew that we were good enough friends that she could be who she was and share that with me, and she was not ashamed of her faith. And then the most interesting thing of all happened. I learned about Diwali. I did not know a lot about it. It didn't change things for me. I'm still here. I'm still a believer in Jesus Christ. I didn't become a Hindu, but at least I received a message, and I was given the opportunity to hear, to hear about her faith. What I choose to do with that message, that's entirely up to me. Now I ended up sending her the same Christmas card that I sent everyone else on the list that year. Breaking news, we're still friends. We're still friends and we still exchange cards every year. By being a messenger of the good news, you are not responsible for how people respond to that message. That's simply not your job. Newspapers do not sit around every afternoon taking responsibility for how people have received their message. The role of the messenger is to get the word out. And as disciples, we're called to be messengers. Because the word won't even get a chance The world won't even get a chance to respond to the word if they never hear the message in the first place. Paul writes it this way, but how are they to call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? This is that walking business, that get out and go thing that he's talking about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news just because we don't know how others will respond doesn't mean that we shouldn't share how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news there is something beautiful about sharing a message of grace of love of forgiveness That message that is so valuable to us that is Jesus Christ, it is a message that stands in stark, stark contrast to the hate and the division and the anger that makes the daily headlines. If you're worried about offending somebody, consider how offensive hate and division and anger are. The world needs a different message and you, you could be just the right person that God's looking for to share it. Growing as a disciple means taking seriously the responsibility of being a messenger. And the message of Jesus Christ is one that the people simply cannot wait for after the fact. Would you please pray with me? Holy God. We confess that sometimes we just we don't want to put our faith out there because we're concerned about what other people think. We're concerned about how they're going to receive that message. And that's that's a maturity thing, Lord. That's that's an issue of our spiritual maturity and our growth. But we know this. We know this for sure that you equipped each one of us to share the good news, to do it in gentle and winsome ways, ways that stand up against hate and division and discord and anger. So empower each person in this room as they come forward here in a few minutes for communion. Empower them, equip them for that work of ministry, of being a messenger out in the world. In your name we pray. Amen.